Hello and welcome to Hands-On Tucky Talks, where we talk about all things creation, innovation, and environmental change for kids like you. We are two girls who are current students and future engineers who love using technology to solve the problems that we see around us. My name is Danielle Boyer, and I'm a young Indigenous educator, author, and robot maker. And I'm Vinia Ganajaker, a 13-year-old changemaker who loves robots, helping our community, and protecting our environment. This podcast is sponsored by The STEAM Connection, where we make accessible, affordable, and diverse science, technology, engineering, art, and math educational resources for kids and build up future STEAM superheroes. You can learn more and start making your own robots now at www.steamconnection.org. And you can follow along with each episode at www.steamconnection.org slash hands-on. Last week, we finished up a mini-series where we were kind of reflecting on Earth Day, and this week, it's really, really special because it's actually the very first time that we're recording together in person. We have never done this before. We started the podcast during the pandemic and have recorded virtually online. Usually, I'm chilling in the basement or something, and Vinia is chilling in like her room, and we record, and then we edit it together. And it, it's kind of weird because I feel like for a normal podcast experience, right, it would be in person. Yeah, it would. And so it's it's been kind of an odd experience because it's just like I feel like a little video game character. I feel <laughs> like it's I feel like it's not real. I feel like um, it's it's kind of hard to connect with people. And I don't know. I, I feel like that means a lot of our podcast is scripted and stuff because it can be harder to kind of have a normal conversation online. And so we have a chance for the very first time to have that conversation in person. And uh, I know I promised that we were going to talk about like growth and plants and stuff because that's the mini series that we've been focusing on. But I want to talk about something super, super special, which is Otto Oscar. Let's talk about that. I started this robot, um, started planning this robot and got the idea for it about two years ago when me and a couple other students um, were entered in a competition by uh, Danielle. Mm -hmm. We actually started this robot out as a automatic trash can so um, that people wouldn't have to go to their end of, the end of their driveways um, every trash day yeah. and roll their trash can out and things like that. So is that like a, kind of an accessibility tool to help people remember to like take the trash out, the recycling bin out? Is, is that kind of what it is? or? Yeah, yeah, something like that. It was supposed to be um, a tool that helped um, trash not pile up in people's garage. Okay. Because uh, for my family, um, we would forget to take the trash out a lot. Yeah, and, I feel that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there would be like piles and bags in our garage, and it just would not be a fun experience. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the original plan for Auto Oscar. But right now, um, what's really cool about Auto Oscar is that we have kind of expanded it and seen its vision to go even farther than, you know, just a tool to take the trash out. We've seen it as a way to get kids like you interested in recycling, right? Can you talk a bit more about that? Definitely. Um, as of now, the plan for the robot is to be a recycling collecting robot that travels around campuses um, of schools and buildings and things like that mm -hmm. and um, simultaneously educates kids about recycling and things like that. So like our podcast. Definitely. Yeah, our podcast, but in robot form, if that makes sense. I love that. Anything in robot form is a lot of fun. And what's really special is, is that Vinny and I are here sitting um, at my workshop. Uh, we're at the headquarters of the Steam Connection, uh, which sponsors this podcast, of course, and is the nonprofit that I founded. But as we sit here, um, we actually have a miniature version of Otto Oscar. 
and it is the first time we are ever seeing it in physical form, which is really awesome. So let's talk a bit about why we made a miniature version. So the full robot is going to be the size of a trash can, right? Mm -hmm. um, that way we can uh, you know, store enough resources uh, like bottles, cans, that type of thing. But the miniature version is so that we can kind of determine how we want to shape the robot and how we want to make things like an intake. Can you explain what an intake is? Yeah, um, our intake or intakes in general are to traditionally um, take things and put them inside of the robot. So kind mm -hmm. of like bridging the gap between um, the outside world and then the storage space inside of a robot or like a thing like that. Um, our and it could just be grabbing things. There's different w reasons that you would have an intake. Um, like a robot could be picking something up, carrying it to somewhere else, placing it down. Um, in our case, we want the robot to be able to recognize recyclable things like a can or a bottle and to be able to kind of suck it up into it and to store it. So we're doing like the suck it up method. What, <laughs> like, what are we going to use? So we decided to start with a ramp. And what's really cool about our little ramp is that we actually went through two design iterations on how we could attach it to the chassis or the body of the robot. And the body is where we are storing the recyclables, it's where the wheels are based off of, where the motors are off of, etc. But we wanted to really figure out how we are going to design this intake. And we were thinking of doing two little conveyor belt strips up the ramp so that, like, out of rubber, so that there was traction and it could pull the bottle up inside of it. And then we wanted two brushes to kind of rotate and to continue to pull that in. So yeah, so about the design process in general, Danielle was talking about how we were thinking conveyor belts at first and like little intake things and things like that. It's right. important to have a plan before you actually go on to build your robot. Right. Because um, if you don't or something like that, you're going to end up with a lot of problems. Even with us planning, we still make mistakes. There's still things we need mm -hmm. to figure out. Okay. Uh, for example, I figured out that there wasn't enough space between, um, so off of the chassis or the body of the robot, there are six spokes, and the spokes um, allow the wheels kind of go to go off of it. Um, maybe spokes isn't the best word, I, I guess like a, a shaft, something like that. And so the wheel goes on it, but I realized that we didn't design enough space on the wheel, um, like in the center, to be able to fit and spin. It just, it was too tight of a fit. So I actually had to file it out and place it onto the motor shaft and it doesn't really spin. So that was something we have to consider for when we make the bigger design, like what material are we gonna use? We have to consider like making sure we have those right tolerances. Something else that we figured out was that, um, you know, the intake, what worked best, how to best attach it to the, the robot. Yeah. We figured out where we're gonna place like the head of the robot. And let's talk about it. So head, when we say head, we literally mean a head. Okay, so um, since this robot was going around to campuses and school grounds and things like that, we also wanted it to be educational at the same time. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that a head on top of the robot could really interest um, kids and um, people all the like to come and inspect the robot closer and things like that. So um, the head that I designed for our robot sits right at the top, um, the lid of the box, kind of like that. Mm -hmm. um, we'll re release pictures soon, but it kind of looks like a gumdrop, actually. It does. I like that. Yep. So our head is supposed to swivel around. And it's a way to be able to interact. We're going to work on some AI or Definitely. artificial intelligence capabilities so that the robot can interact yep. with everyone um, who's looking at it. 
And so we were talking a bit about the design process, making it smaller, but another way that we were designing things is actually putting it into the computer first. This entire robot is 3D printed and it's 3D printed out of recycled plastic, but we designed it first in a software called SolidWorks. And um, by designing it in the computer first, we were able to determine the sizing. We were able to determine how everything was gonna fit together. Obviously there were still like tweaks and things we had to make to make it better, but we were able to do that. And I think that's really, really cool. Uh, before I knew what CAD was in general, before I used SolidWorks and apps like that, what I did was I drew my designs of robots. They were usually made out of cardboard or something like that. I mm -hmm. drew them out on paper. Yeah. But the thing is, when you draw designs out on paper, there's no way to see if it could actually work. Um, so for our robot, we actually got help from a mentor. Um, He's been on the podcast before. His name is Rob Maldonado. And um, he actually mentors me personally and has helped me design robots in the past. And his support is so, so important because there's so much left to learn. And especially since I'm so young, I need that help. I need that support. And so having a mentor there to guide me is awesome. It definitely was awesome. He is an awesome person all around, I would say. Rob actually helped us figure out the design process of the robot and um, things like that. He was very helpful, awesome person. Yeah, he's great yeah. to work with. And he's actually from Florida. So when we were working on this robot, we were all in different locations. Despite you and I living in the same city, we have worked virtually together. I mean, the last time we saw each other before this was when we were, um, it's for the NBC special, when we yeah. were recording. When the robot was in SolidWorks, we could mm -hmm. actually figure out um, how much space there would be and things like that. And how big it, the print was going to be, yeah, um, if it was going all to be too big for the 3D printer bed. Um, which is like where the actual print is printed physically. <laughs> it it kind of helps you figure everything out because what if you design the ramp to be too big for mm, the body of the robot, issue. right? We need to be able to figure out how all these parts work together. We need to make sure the lid fits on. I had a label. I wanted to make sure that the auto Oscar label fit on, the head <laughs> fit on. We want to make sure all those pieces work together and work together yeah. harmoniously. And of course, there's so much left to learn. There, there there's always a lot left to know. <laughs> but I think this is really a powerful tool because we're kind of innovating environmental advocacy in, in regards to robotics. And people don't normally use robots as advocacy tools in recycling. I've never yeah, seen that before. I haven't either. <laughs> and I wish I would see it more because robots are really cool and mm -hmm. they, they offer a lot of opportunity to create change. Yeah. Robots are awesome. I mean, you're probably <laughs> listening to this podcast because you think robots are cool, right? And that's, we want to use that passion. We want to spark that in others mm -hmm. for really important issues because we want to inspire people like you to make your own robots. That's, yeah. I mean, the biggest goal behind this project. So this is a conclusion of part one where we're meeting Otto Oscar. We're so excited for you to listen to part two of the episode where you get to learn more about Otto Oscar, the design process, and things like computer-aided design. Stay tuned. Also remember that you can follow along with our episodes at www.steamconnection.org slash hands-on. See you next week.